This week on the Everyday Explorer podcast, I'm joined by Elsa Hammond, and we're talking about wild swimming. As someone who takes to England's rivers and lakes on a weekly basis, Elsa has plenty of stories and advice to share on going for a dip near home, and how to use wild swimming to discover the world around you. She even convinced me to take the plunge, a story I share in this fascinating episode. Welcome to the Everyday Explorer podcast, a series that inspires you to discover your doorstep and beyond on a daily basis. This podcast is brought to you by gottakeepmoving.com and I'm your host, Emma Higgins. Welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Explorer podcast. This week, I am joined by Elsa Hammond. Hi, Elsa. Hello. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Good. Now, if you're not familiar with Elsa's work, uh, she's a bit of a jack of all trades, I would say. Uh, Writer, cyclist, rower, swimmer, all sorts of things. Uh, Elsa, do you want to tell us a bit more about your adventures? Yeah, so Jack of all trades is probably about right. Um, eclectic. I like eclectic, to say. yes. Yeah. Um, so I am a travel writer. Most recently, I co-wrote the Wild Guide to Southern and Eastern England, which came out last year. Mm. I have spent quite a lot long time in the Pacific on the Pacific Ocean in a rowing boat, mm-hmm. uh, competing in the Great Pacific Race, the first ever Great Pacific Race. I didn't manage to complete it because of bad weather, but I spent nearly two months out on the Pacific. I've unicycled across England. Um, I do a lot of winter swimming, a lot of wild camping, quite a range of things. And I'm writing poetry recently as well. Yeah, that's a nice little one to throw in there. Like, when I'm not outside doing crazy things, (laughs) I write poetry, which is great. It's good to have a And then sort of doing a PhD on the side, which we're not talking about too much. (laughs) That's say that's kind of like work work. Yeah, that's work, work. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's a really impressive kind of range of things. So I remember when I first landed on your website, I was like, mm. this, this girl's busy, <laughs> busy in the outdoors, which yeah. is wonderful. Now we've roped you into this because we're going to talk about wild swimming today. Yes. What is your experience with wild swimming? Wild swimming already as a, as a, a word is a slightly difficult possibly which I maybe will come on to speak about later Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. um so I I think I've just been getting into doing a lot of winter swimming recently um I moved to Oxford a few months ago or moved back to Oxford um and because it's so far from the sea uh, I really noticed that and really wanted to get a lot of swimming in Um, and I met some great people almost as soon as I moved who who are really into going at least at least once a week if not more mm-hmm. um in the rivers and uh, and sort of area and lakes around oxford so that's what i'm doing recently i mean in sort of i grew up by the sea mm-hmm. and i've always done a lot of swimming in lakes and rivers uh, pretty much whenever i can yeah so, yeah and that's i guess that's how people define wild swimming mm. is swimming in I mean, is it really just swimming in places that aren't a swimming pool or artificially yeah. made? Or what Pretty would you much. say? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. It's it's what people used to call swimming. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we've we've talked about this a little bit before and that actually the term wild swimming is a bit of a difficult... It's like wild it's a, camping, isn't it? It's a yeah. similar sort of thing. 
Um, what would you say is your? I want to say problem. What is your? What is your niggle with the term wild swimming? I don't dis. I don't not use it, and I don't dislike it. But I, I have. Yeah, I've just got questions about it, and I think by using the term wild in front of it, it, it sort of marginalises it mm-hmm. or kind of others it a bit. To, so it's sort of it's something other. It's not swimming. It's a it's a kind of swimming. Whereas mm-hmm. actually, it's com- would have always been completely normal and really should be completely normal as an option to be able to go swimming for free in water that isn't chlorinated yeah I mean exactly if we it's kind of an odd the more I've thought about it maybe in the last couple of weeks I've realized how odd it is to call it wild swimming because Mm -hmm. it really should be swimming and then swimming in a pool should just be like artificial swimming pool swimming swimming. heated swimming yeah because jumping in a river or going in the sea really is what people would have done for, and have done for thousands of years. Yeah. Whereas swimming in heavily chlorinated water, not not so much, and that's yeah artificial in that sense. So it's all it's, it's a bit weird calling it wild swimming, but it's a bit easier, I guess. Everyone, it's it's used a lot at the minute, and everyone yeah, kind of knows exactly. what you're people talking know about. What we're talking about. Yeah, it's funny that when you say swimming, people think you mean a pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think something that people worry about with wild swimming. And maybe a reason why it's called wild is it is that cleanliness thing where they presume that that water in a pool is kind of like hermetically sealed water that's <laughs> overly clean. So what would you say to those people? It's a it's a tough one because yeah, there are bugs and things that you could pick up in a river. Mm-hmm. Um, vials disease is the the term that gets thrown around a lot, and people sometimes shout are you from the bank and shout about vials disease it's very rare the rivers in england are currently cleaner than they have have been in living memory mm-hmm. uh, so now is a great time to go but oh i mean i would always say you know you're going at your own discretion yeah but for me i feel it's it's much healthier apart completely apart from the sort of the the benefits of cold water it, actually going swimming in in the river in the fresh air is much healthier than going in a chlorinated heated mm. pool where you're breathing in all these chemicals all the time and I always come out feeling horrible my skin feels horrible and like I, I can feel it in my lungs a bit mm. yeah it's a tricky one yeah I think there's um probably benefits to either of them but I know what you mean about the chlorine thing mm. it doesn't feel you know I always have to take a well I suppose I have to take a shower after I've been in a river as well but <laughs> yeah but to, to wash chlorine off yourself wash something that's supposed to clean water off yourself that mm-hmm. doesn't feel great and yeah it makes my hair and just makes you smell and it's just the hair thing and then yeah. also a lot more people are in that water so you're swimming with a lot more people I know that it's chlorinated water. but yeah you're swimming with a lot more people so I guess in that way to me it wouldn't feel as as fresh I think as jumping in yeah. a river which just feels a lot more natural I mean I think I, I personally find feel the rivers of uh, very, like really clean and mm. I, I would never question swimming them mm-hmm. um, and I think it's the same as if you say is it safe to go swimming on a beach because is it safe to go swimming in the sea at all even on a calm day well like no technically there are dangers and you always go at your own discretion but it's uh, most most people wouldn't question splashing around on the seaside on a calm summer's day very true yeah it's funny there are all these disconnects in this mm. kind of in wild swimming yeah it's something in Oxford though particularly that I've noticed recently is that um, with the swimming I've been doing a lot of the swimming that I've been doing is in rivers round and about and lakes mm-hmm. um, but some of it is 
finding these old Victorian and Edwardian bathing spots that used to be official places to go swimming that, that were sort of built up and they had changing rooms and things. And they were part of the river with just an area that had been sort of chosen to, to be the place to go swimming and, and they were really popular. The um, councils discontinued them, I think, in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So now you can you can see where they were, but they're sort of run down. Um, it's they're actually really amazing places to go swimming and really really interesting. But the only thing is is that they're sort of not official anymore yeah. because the councils have decided that health and safety doesn't allow them to say oh, that it's the, okay to go swimming. The curse of health and safety <laughs> strikes again. Of course, we're taking away something really beautiful. Yeah, and there's a there's an amazing place called Tumbling Bay which is almost a swimming pool within the river mm-hmm. it's, the stream flows through it but it's a it's a big square area that the swim, that, that is a, a sort of a swimming pool um, and that is again you're, you're technically not allowed to go in it by the council because it's not an official place but it's it's totally fine and so many older Oxford residents can remember learning to swim there the schools would take them down and that would be the official place to learn to swim wow. in the river so things yeah things are really changed at the moment but I think they'll change back yeah yeah and I guess finding those places is actually a really fantastic way to discover these little oddities mm. at home, which I guess is why I wanted to talk about this on this podcast, because wild swimming is a great way to discover your city or region mm. or around where you live. Do you find like it leads you to places that you never would have perhaps explored before? Yeah, there have been some really interesting ones um, we went to an area a few weeks ago called Long Bridges, mm-hmm. um, which I, I know the name and I've because I've rode past it lots of times when I was a student mm-hmm. years ago, um, and sort of walked up and down the river. Just behind the the towpath, there's another sort of s- extra section of river which I hadn't been aware of, which is again one of these old bathing spots, mm. um, and which is amazing. And it's got a picnic area and all sort of overgrown bank on the other side, and it's absolutely beautiful. And I I only went there because we we were going heard of it as a swimming spot and went mm. to find it yeah yeah oh, i love that that you kind of serendipitously find these things and i think because again going back to the differences between wild swimming and swimming in a pool mm. you're so kind of there's a with swimming in a pool there's a very it's a designated section it's cornered yeah. off it's a space this is the space for swimming yeah <laughs> whereas if you go go out and and you know, and people, and a lot of people go swimming, and it's and it's, and it's quite a normal thing to do as part of a, a workout routine mm. and things like that. But if you're willing to go swimming there, then it's always then perhaps maybe change your mindset and think, okay, so where else can my swimming take me, and how can I use swimming to discover more about home? Yeah, and I really love really. that idea. Which leads us nicely onto you dragging me out to the Thames in Oxford a couple of weeks ago. I resent the term dragging. No, in fairness. Okay, so for the listeners' benefit, when I emailed Elsa about doing this podcast, she said, oh yes, let's meet for a coffee. Also, I happen to be going for a swim that morning, would you like to come? And I said, well... I can't really say no. I have to practice what I preach. I knew you'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> Having never in my life before jumped in a river. I don't think so anyway, or not that I can recall unless I did when I was a child, which is probably I was a very shy and an adventurous child, I don't think I did. <laughs> and I actually was born in Oxford. Mm. I know the city all right. We moved away quite swiftly after I was born. So I don't know it very well. But I've been to the area that we went well, swimming in, which was the Thames uh, next to Port Meadow. Yeah. And I've walked through Port Meadow before, 
So I, I was familiar with the area, but swimming in the river was a whole different way of seeing it. Mm, you see it from another level. I mean, literally, yeah, literally and it really level. makes a difference. That yeah, I guess how do I even describe the experience? No. I guess what we did is we kind of just strode down to this spot, and then it was so funny because with you and your friend Jack, who is even more of a maniac because he can just dive straight in. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't feel the cold. Yeah, it's crazy. Put our stuff next to a tree, cover it up, and then walk down this towpath in our swimming costumes. And I was yeah. like, this is the weirdest thing. Hello, dog walkers. <laughs> and there's like, all these walkers coming through. And it was, I don't know how what the temperature was. It was, in... a, um, the water was about five and a half degrees. Okay. <laughs> so it was quite chilly. It makes me Especially cold for a first, a first, I mean, I was really impressed with how, how, how you went in quite bravely well... and how we stayed in and didn't complain. Oh, well, <laughs> I was probably complaining in my head. No, I I didn't think I want to get out now at any point. Mm. Apart from when we were just about to get out, then I was like, yeah, I'm already to, to get out. <laughs> so we strode down this path, and then something that I didn't think about at all before we got in is how much it takes literally takes your breath away. Because yeah. I was yipping, I was going... <laughs> completely involuntarily, and I didn't expect that to happen mm. at all. It felt like as the water was... You know, because I kind of stepped in slowly, so the water was rising around me, and it felt like the water level was literally pushing the breath yeah. out of me from the yeah. bottom of my lungs upwards. It was a really weird feeling, and I just I tried to control it, but there was no controlling <laughs> that. I think a very tiny part of me was like panic, panic, <laughs> turn back, stop. But uh, my the other side of me just kind of pushed me in, and then yeah, kind of stepped in kept yipping <laughs> take about 90 seconds the the gasp reflex to yeah calm down yeah I th- and it probably did i felt like it was probably about that mm. amount of time for a minute it felt like it would never end yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, never gonna breathe again <laughs> yeah and then you gave me the little tip of like kind of splashing it around taking little scoops of water and splashing them around your neck which actually i think really helped because mm. it helped to get less at least that part of me kind of used to that temperature uh, I should mention I did not put my head underwater at any point. I would, I don't think I would have. Uh, yeah, and keeping just keeping your sort of your mouth away from the level of the water while yeah. you're still getting used to it. Yeah, yeah, particularly when your your body isn't used to it because you you can't stop the gasping. Mm-hmm. And that's when I mean that's obviously in cold, sort of cold water shock if people fell overboard in on boats and stuff. That's the really dangerous thing is getting mm. breathing in water because you can't stop yourself doing that. Yeah, so. I think when I was experiencing it, I, uh, you mentioned that as as we were there and I thought hang on yeah if, if I had just been thrown in <laughs> if mm. I just dived in the way Jack <laughs> just dove in he, he doesn't went seem straight. to have that reflex <laughs> no yeah there is no he just straight in there wow you would you would swallow a lot mm. just by that reflex yeah and we swam for about 10 about 10 minutes 10 yeah. minutes yeah next to the rowers who were milling mm-hmm. about I stayed away from them yeah, yeah yeah I think it was less swimming more like tiptoeing across mm. the <laughs> At first, for the first yeah. maybe the first five minutes, I felt like I was just like treading water and then just about touching my toes on the ground. Um, mm. I don't know why that just felt like security. For yeah, me. maybe because if I knew it, it would all get too bad, I could just haul myself up onto the bike. Sensible, yeah. and that's the thing. I think ev- anyone going in any kind of swimming out away from, I suppose, away from lifeguards and stuff. Yeah, I mean, because people get people at pools get so used to there being someone there to rescue yes. them if they need yeah. to. That when you're in places where that's not going to happen or it possibly isn't going to happen, you have to take responsibility for yourself and, and sort of think 
am you know am I okay to do this? Yeah, I, like I I I really believe in pushing yourself and and having small and grand adventures, but take sort of taking safety precautions and mm. really knowing what you're doing before you go. Yeah, definitely. I didn't don't think I ever would have just kind of gun ho done it by myself. Yeah. I think if I had been by myself and I just decided to do it, I think maybe once it got to my knees and I started yipping, (laughs) then I probably would have gone, this is a terrible idea. (laughs) There is no one here to help me. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely an element of just knowing where that boundary is, where you think, Mm. okay, this is pushing myself, and then beyond that, not safe. (laughs) Yeah, it was a very interesting experience. And then afterwards, couldn't stop shaking. Yeah, that happens but as well. Yeah. I, it, what surprised me was how quickly I couldn't feel my toes. Yeah. Um, my hands were all right, but I could get just hold them out of the water, so <laughs> it was probably fine. Couldn't feel my toes, probably couldn't feel my toes properly for an hour after we got out. Yeah, I get but that. But it, pa- it wasn't painful. You just couldn't feel them. I just couldn't <laughs> feel them, yeah. I mean, we walked to a cafe afterwards, and it wasn't like it was excruciating or anything it was just an odd sensation <laughs> walking along <laughs> I can't feel my toes uh, but I definitely felt invigorated by it mm. um, you know it was a Sunday morning it was just a very unusual but invigorating way to wake up <laughs> and then you get cake afterwards and then yeah and we tea. did have coffee and cake afterwards which was the perfect I mean yeah. that's really why I agreed to go in the first place <laughs> and it was really good cake. I mentioned the cake didn't I <laughs> yes, in the yes. email Yes, you did say it's more of a quick dip followed by cake. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I did actually reply saying yes because you've mentioned cake. <laughs> so that's what's going it. But I'm glad I did because, you know, since then I've been looking at where I'm travelling to in the next year and I've Great. been like keeping an eye keeping an yeah. eye on some rivers Ooh. and going, Oh, maybe I could go and it'll also be quite a lot warmer where I'm going and it'll be summer, so that'll be nicer. Yeah, I think that's an important thing actually, making possibly the distinction between winter and and yeah. summer swimming because I mean it is in England you're never going to get really bath water warm water yeah. but in the summer it, it's a much more initially pleasant experience mm-hmm. I think I think winter swimming is is very pleasant um but it is bracing and and can be shocking as well mm, yeah in the summer it, it's it's not so much like that yeah and I think um, if it's a warm day then it's refreshing yeah you kind of want to don't and you can stay in longer as well true yeah very much true longer. And when I got home after I'd done the swim, I went for dinner with some friends mm. and told them that I'd been in five and a half degree water in the River Thames in Oxford that morning. And they all thought I was absolutely insane. And <laughs> probably three out of four of them said, that can't, I don't understand how that's good for you, that can't be good for you. And I made a point that, well, they, and they're the kind of people that would go to a spa. I mean, yeah. I'm the kind of person that would go to a spa too. But, And I said, you know those cold water pools at a spa? Would you go in one of them? They said, oh, yeah, it's lovely. Lovely to go in one of them either side of a, yeah. a dip in, a, in a, a heated pool. And I was like, well, what? I mean, what's the difference? I mean, it might be quite... I don't know if it's the same temperature as a cold river. It depends on the spa, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's that's why they put cold water pools in the spa because it is very good for yeah, you yeah it's great for um, circulation yeah i imagine people i've not been to scandinavia but people in scandinavia do this kind of cold water swimming all the time i mean in england there are quite a lot of people that do it but it's not exactly mainstream no but to, but more people in scandinavia is quite a popular thing isn't it yeah and actually what we count as cold water swimming wouldn't really be classed as particularly cold water balmy swimming to to any Swedish person yeah and Iceland and and Russia where they're cutting holes literally in very thick ice Mm -hmm. 
um, and wading through snow to get to it and then spending a lot longer in there often wow. than, than we were. So I think it's all it's all just about um, what you're used to and expectation and sort of I think anything seems normal mm. just compared to other things that you're used to. And yeah, definitely. I guess in my mind, I've always sort of grown up with the idea that, that swimming in lakes and rivers and things is completely normal. It's probably sort of a childhood of reading too much Swallows and Amazons and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they go well, swimming there. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. You thinking it's normal because <laughs> it is. It is. That's the whole point. It is. Uh, so, what have been some of your more memorable world swims? Where have they been? My recent ones. Mm-hmm. Already oh, of them. Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Recently, I've just been going in Oxford. Yeah. All over Oxford, so chasing around at some of these different spots. Um, we've got we've got Parsons Pleasure and Dame's Delight still to come, which we partly want to go to just because of the names. Yeah, They're amazing sort of places that all academics used to use. Yeah, um, those are those like Victorian. Yeah, there's yeah. ones. There's a few. There's a few others as well in Tumbling Bay and the Long Bridges. Yeah, Port Meadow. We we go to a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sort of different parts of that. There's an area up in Wolvercote, um, Kennington Meadows. There's so many places in Oxford. It's it's a real treat of a place to be for swimming which is exciting particularly for me because it's so far from the sea. Yeah. But I mean I've been I tend to try and get a swim in most places that I go. Yeah. And I I do have a, a sort of my my motto in my head is that I would never regret a wild swim. Mm-hmm. Um and I I I don't think I I can't think of a time that I ever have done. Yeah. The only times I've sort of regretted it are if I've thought oh no it's a bit cold I won't go in, which haven't actually been that many times. Yeah. I mean I thought oh I wish I could have I wish I'd gone in sort of I mean amazing places up mountain lakes in sky wow. or uh, actually somewhere where I was in uh, this is <laughs> not England but in California there was an amazing place or sort of also I mean recently actually somewhere that I've been which is possibly for people that aren't sure if they would like swimming in in lakes or rivers it would be a good midpoint um it's not technically wild but it's wilder is is King's Cross oh, yeah. um, pond so there's a redeveloped area about minutes walk away from King's Cross Station in London mm-hmm. um, and they've got a, a pool a natural pool which is it is lifeguarded it's a it's a sort of an official pool mm-hmm. it's really cheap to go and it's about three three four pounds yeah and it's not chlorinated it's kept clean um, through sort of various uh, uh, reed systems mm-hmm. um, it's part of an, an art project originally it, it's quite strange because you're surrounded by all these buildings um, but you've also got um, all these reeds and things growing, and it is cold water; it's not heated, mm-hmm. uh, and that's quite an exciting midpoint. I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and during the winter months, they have a sauna as well—a little wooden sauna. Oh, so, which is the best yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's also something. I think that's quite a Scandinavian thing: is having yeah. having a cold water swim and then going in a sauna. Mm. That that oh, is amazing. I mean, that just sounds <laughs> sounds refreshing. Just saying it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably a good a good midpoint if perhaps. The idea of going in February, like we did, is a little scary for someone that hasn't tried it before. Yeah, I mean, starting in the middle of the winter is is brave. <laughs> I don't <laughs> have unusual. a choice elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we had a finite amount of time so we could do true. this recording, so I did not have a choice. Uh, no, but I'm so glad I did. And I think yeah. I even said afterwards, I said, I, I definitely don't regret it. And you said, and that's when you yeah. said, never regret a wild swim. So I think it will actually become say. your tagline. <laughs> never regret a wild swim. <laughs> Perfect. So what would your advice be to someone who would like to start wild swimming but doesn't know where to begin? Well, it's sort of my, my kind of, I suppose, throwaway 
frivolous advice would be find uh, an earth map look for the blue spaces go to them and get in um, that would be that's how i've started doing yeah but um i mean if you like doing lots of research there's so many online forums and things that you can go and find out whether the place is closest to you i mean mm. if you're on facebook there's the oss outdoor swimming society i think it is and that's a facebook group and that's a, you can get advice about anything on there it's really really useful well, it's about fantastic. places close to you yeah um or, or sort of the um i think there's an outdoor swimming society forum as well mm-hmm. but it's really yeah really about finding the nearest body of water to you checking that it's a place that some people have swum before if particularly if it's the first time for you yeah i would bring lots and lots and lots of layers for afterwards many many more than you expect 100 percent. yeah i can vouch particularly for that one winter. yeah um sort of Think about what you think you'll need and triple it. Um, towel, a hat as well. Yeah. Um, both for in the water and for afterwards. Flask of tea or hot chocolate or something, um, and something sugary as well for afterwards. Yeah. Particularly if you're not near a cafe or something, um, it really it really helps kind of warm you up again. Yeah. Um, it's also perfectly acceptable to use wetsuits as well. Yeah. Um, you don't have to really tough out if that's not what you enjoy um i mean yeah. i go i go in uh without a wetsuit because i really enjoy that and also i kind of find it a bit of a faff but one of the people i go swimming with uses uses a, a big thick winter wetsuit and that's how she likes going in and that's yeah. like it's not a problem and it's not a sort of a, a, a sort of a lesser way of going swimming it's just it's personal choice and it's yeah. all about enjoying it yeah and i think if if just going in just like a regular swimsuit and you really don't enjoy anything I just thought I was a little bit warmer mm. it doesn't make you less of a wild swimmer just by going in a wetsuit like do whatever's whatever you're comfortable with I mean if you're going you're going at the end of the day it doesn't really matter what yeah. you're wearing does yeah it? it's not supposed to be a I don't think it's supposed to be a challenge I think it's supposed to be an an enjoyable thing I mean yeah. you can do challenges as well but I wouldn't start with one yeah just go for a, going for a nice 10 minute dip mm. on a Sunday morning give it a go definitely uh, I can highly recommend it anyway. Yeah. Having only been once, <laughs> I can highly recommend well, it. I, I'm not I'm put hooked. off completely. <laughs> well, I, f- I found that it's... I mean, actually, we were talking about benefits and sort of there are a lot of benefits to it and I am um, not good at remembering all the specifics of it. I mean, circulation is a big one, but the other thing is is it, it seems from a lot of research that people have done that it has a really good effect on, on low moods and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly being like swimming through the winter... Um, and it's the, it's the it's the sort of the cold water, but also just getting the going out and getting the fresh air and being mm. sort of at one with nature. And I've found that this winter, having gone more, uh, a lot more swimming than I did last year, has made me feel almost like it hasn't been winter. And I know it hasn't been a very wintry winter, mm-hmm. but it it really feels like there's nothing that I do in the summer that I can't do in the winter. Um, yeah, you can kind of take stand on the towpath as we were saying. Take all, take all your clothes off, just wander down in a swimming costume to the river and jump in mm-hmm. in January or February. Yeah. If you can do that, then what else you mean, What else can't you do? Of course, you can go camping and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's, really, it's really exciting. Yeah, it is. And actually, a lot of other people that we passed were actually excited for us mm. as well. They, I mean, a lot of them thought we were crazy, but not in a judgmental way. They just thought, wow, you're brave. You're insane, but good for you. Yeah. You even had someone come up to you and say, how can I... Have yeah. yeah. Well, we've had quite a lot of people come with us in Oxford. I mean, and if you did go on the Facebook group, on the OSS Facebook group, you start to think that everybody is swimming all the time. 
It really, really does Everyone's feel like that. <laughs> so many of them. He'll be in good company, I think, is definitely, especially, well, if we can talk for the UK, I'm sure there's plenty across yeah, the US. People yeah. swimming in all sorts of places. So mm. if people want to know more about you, Elsa, where can they catch up with you? Um, so my website is elsahammond.com, easy. which is easy. And um, I tweet under Elsa A. Hammond, mm-hmm. because for some reason Elsa Hammond's gone. I think I took it and then lost the password. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so it's Elsa A. Hammond. <laughs> and also you've got your book out, which yeah. is... Morani is the title. Which is um, The Wild Guide to Southern and Eastern England. It won the Travel Media Travel Book of the Year. Oh, wow, in, wonderful. Um, in the autumn. Yeah. Um, and that's available at every good bookshop and retailer online. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank and you. And talking about taking a dip <laughs> in wild waters. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Visit gottakeepmoving.com forward slash podcast to read more about wild swimming and Elsa's adventures. Don't miss the post I linked to at the bottom of the episode notes, where I give a full account of my brisk swim with Elsa in Oxford back in February. That's got to keep moving.com forward slash podcast.